Welcome to the Data Rockstars Coffee Pod with me, Kelly Peters. And me, Regina Lally. We're back for our ninth episode to talk about um, what's happening in the world of data and data protection. And this week, we're going to talk about the easing of lockdown measures, in particular, the impact on employers and employees, as well as the uh, silent elephant in the room, uh, Brexit. Let's chat, Regina. Yeah, it sounds like interesting discussions to be had. So I know that we briefly talked about this this morning in that the Information Commissioner has issued um, some guidance to uh, businesses in what they can do during the easing of the lockdown. And what we just wanted to touch on was the kind of practical things that uh, we feel companies are going to be faced with. Absolutely. I think um, it's one of those things as people are coming back to the workplace, there's measures that companies are putting in place to make sure that they can keep their staff safe. And they're thinking about the different ways that they can do that by keeping them apart, etc. And I think one of the measures that people will be looking at is how they can collect information about their employees and whether or not they've got coronavirus Mm -hmm. um, or been exposed to it. And I think part of the considerations that need to be there is um, how do you make sure that you do that in a safe way for the data that you're collecting, as well as keeping the employee safe, that you really consider what you need and why you need it. And the the key one that people always forget is how long do you actually need it for? Yeah, I think that's a good one because one of the things that the commissioner mentioned was that you'll need to make sure that this is reflected in your privacy policies and, and you'll need to make sure your retention schedule has been updated because you shouldn't need to keep this as long as what you would normally keep other employee data so what is it you're collecting why are you collecting it and for how long is are important considerations for any employer at the moment absolutely i think the other thing to think about is are you collecting what you actually need because it could be really tempting to try and collect a lot of information because you think it's going to give you a levels of insight or additional information that could be useful but actually you really need to think about is it necessary to achieve the purpose of keeping your employees safe and not go beyond that because it is health information and so Mm -hmm. therefore it's a special category of data you need to make sure that you've got the justification to collect it both in both sense of its personal data but also that it's a special categories and that needs an extra level of protection justification and i think that i've seen various stories not just in the uk but across the world about how employers are going to manage this from you know temperature testing uh their employees before they come into the building to possibly kind of heat signatures you know in terms of you know judging your temperature from from that and i think it's because of the the nature of the data that you're going to potentially collect and if you're if you're a large company with a large volume of staff i would definitely recommend that you conduct a privacy impact assessment because you really want to make sure you've considered all the risks more than anything you've put that individual at the center of that decision about why you're collecting and going to use that information and that it's not overwhelming in your power as the employer that the employee doesn't have their rights taken away from them Absolutely. So, you know, that means that to ask to see what you've got on them, that they can actually um, get a copy of the the information. Absolutely. You can be very clear with them about the reasons you're collecting it and and why. And again, that old nugget of how long you're going to hold it for. Yeah, yeah. And I think obviously the other challenge that some uh, employers are going to have and a a recent ONS study showed that there's 600,000 less people in the workforce since March to May than there are 
prior to coronavirus, there will be decisions being made about furloughed staff uh, not returning to work at all, so being made redundant. So obviously uh, those decisions are exemptions under a subject access request, but anything outside of that, an individual may be feeling aggrieved, they may be feeling let down, and they may well wish to exercise their rights, like you've just mentioned, to access information. And I, I suppose the question is, how prepared are companies out there for an increase uh, in subject access requests? Absolutely. And I think it's it's something that we've certainly seen with people we've worked with that we've given support around dealing with subject access mm. requests at those in exactly those circumstances. But at the moment, because there's going to be increased volumes and you've got the difficulty of obviously a more dispersed workplace, so those people yeah. who are working might not necessarily all be coming back to the office at the same time. So the people dealing with the subject access requests might be trying to do that remotely um, and working with other colleagues to collect that information who are also working remotely which can add to the challenge of dealing within the required time frame which is obviously the the month from the day you get that request so it's really important I think for the coming weeks as all of those decisions and you know they're always going to be difficult decisions to make but um, I think it's important that companies think it through and are prepared for the potential of of that influx and that there could be a strain on on your your workforce. Yeah, and I think, and it's just come to me, I think the additional risk that is posed there is where you have members of staff that are feeling unhappy or dissatisfied in how they've been treated. There is the potential of inadvertent disclosure of information, taking information personal data that doesn't belong to them but belongs to the company that they want to use for their future job or that they just may uh, have a malicious intent for so again the whilst they're all working remotely how does the the data protection team um, in the company try and manage those risks so it's not just about the risk of getting increased number of subject access requests but how do you manage those kind of potential uh, breaches because the member of staff may not necessarily be caring about the impact on you. It's about very much about them and their emotional state. And companies have been fined as have individuals uh, where they've gone down that malicious route. But it's just something to be really, really mindful of. And I think as well there, it, that's a, a good point that you've, you've picked out in that, you know, individuals have been personally fined and held criminally responsible for taking data from a company that they've left and using it or taking it to their next company or using it to set up their own company and I don't think everyone is necessarily aware that they're not able to do that it's actually against the law and you can actually be prosecuted and certainly fined by the information commissioner it's it's not your data the people whose data that you're taking with you wouldn't necessarily expect you to use it in that way Yes, you might have a lot of personal relationships with them. You know, you've probably connected to them via LinkedIn and that's a more appropriate way for you to maintain that connection through whatever role it is that you go to. But certainly taking copies of databases and and using them for your own purposes in whatever your next role is, is is certainly not something that you can ever, ever do. So I think that's just like a little warning flag to people there. But that's not a that's not an okay thing to do. No, absolutely. And I think that's, you know, and this is a, a more of a plug for us more than anything, is that it's part of the reason we developed our toolbox was that we knew that there are practical tools that we felt that companies would need now and in the future, but on subjects like how is your data protection team going to work 
to support uh, this process? What are the messages that you need to give to staff during this process whilst they're remote? And then the, how do you account for the subject access request in terms of logging them and the breaches so that you can learn and make changes quickly? So uh, you can obviously buy our toolbox online and have a demo should you wish. So feel free to email us at our email address of coffee at dbxuk.com um and yeah that was a slightly shameless plug there kelly I know, but it's I know. good that I we get know. the word out I'm super proud of the talk <laughs> <laughs> absolutely i think then you know obviously there's a lot of focus on covid at the moment yeah. and lockdown and we're all probably quite excited about the fact that things are starting to ease and some people are maybe a little bit more cautious about that but certainly mm. thinking very much in the moment around what we're doing and how we can help people there but there's something that I've kind of been thinking about it's been niggling away at the back of my mind for a few weeks and it's that um, at the weekend the government came out and said that they've confirmed there's no extension to the timeline for leaving the EU formally and, and getting to that end of the transition period which we're currently in and obviously those negotiation deals are still ongoing so we'll see how they pan out but essentially Brexit's coming and yeah. at the moment people are sort of climbing that hill of of Covid and feeling like they're getting near to the summit and probably what they haven't seen is that there is that potential depending on the nature of your business big mountain that's there fast approaching which we were talking uh, earlier in the week and saying that there's the potential there could be another kind of panic situation like we had in May 2018 where suddenly people realize that depending on how negotiations go that there may be a potential that data that they've typically had access to or need to share between themselves and Europe sorry receive across from Europe that might stop unless the appropriate contractual clauses are in place yeah. and so really um it's to think about thinking about that now don't leave it till the last minute i know there's a lot going on for many businesses but i think where you rely on exchanging data with europe other european countries you really need to be thinking about understanding those data flows and yeah. whether or not you've got the right mechanisms in place to ensure that they will continue from 1st of january next year yeah. and i think the reality is that it could very well sneak up on a lot of companies in sort of November, December. And everyone knows, you know, December's two weeks shorter than the other months because everybody disappears for Christmas. So fairness, if we're honest, most of December goes out of the window because you're so that's of course if we can in the social distancing world that we're currently in, you know, Christmas meals, lunches with referral partners, employees and whatnot. So really my advice would be you need to be making sure that everything that you need to have in place is in place by the end of November, which is what? Five months? Yeah. Like, I didn't have to count that on my hand. But <laughs> <laughs> those of you who couldn't see, she really genuinely did. <laughs> my hand. But I, but I think it's, and it will be that, you know, I don't think it'll be the same level of panic that GDPR put in place. But I think if you're an organization that receives information from European customers, may, if you're a market research company, for example, or if you're a payroll bureau, you really need to make sure that you've got the right uh, clauses in place to protect that ongoing relationship. Because they are going to ask you those questions and you need to be prepared to stand up for that. So it's that, like you said, it's manage it in, in a way that works with your current work program. Don't put it to one side and think, oh, I'll get to that in October because you probably will put unnecessary pressure on yourself. And the information on the commissioner's website is still the same in terms of what to do if you're looking for free advice about what to do with, with Brexit and stuff but I think it's a very useful point uh, to make because I think it was very small on the news front on Sunday because there was so much else going on absolutely and I think it's that 
ability to try and keep data protection at the forefront of your yeah. your mind when you're going through all these challenges because if you've got a good program in place if, if you've got good processes in place and you've got things that are coming towards you in the business landscape you can then really just make sure that data protection isn't one of the things that you forget about while you focus on the big problems but it becomes part of that business resilience that you have and business planning that it's there it's in the forefront of your mind and and if if that happens, then you're less likely to come across big issues or data breaches. And I think I heard you say it yesterday, and I know you said it a number of times, that GDPR is a framework for growth. It shouldn't be something that stops you. So if it is an everyday consideration for you, it's only one that's going to strengthen your growth potential in this current challenging um, times. Quite nicely leads us to the end of this podcast. As always, they go super quick. They really do. It's good to chew the fat and drink a cup of coffee uh, with you, uh, Regina. Um, if you do have questions, obviously do um, email us at coffee at dbxuk.com. I hope you've enjoyed this. If there's anything that you don't agree with or you'd like us to challenge on, do email. And uh, yeah, I hope you enjoy it and we'll see you again. Or you won't see us, you'll hear us again <laughs> uh, next week. So that's a uh, bye from me for now. Bye from me.